Hey. Hi. How, How are, are you? you? Can you hear I'm me? Doing... Yes, I can. Can you hear me? I can. Yes. Do I have lipstick on my teeth? No. No. <laughs> Just I look... like me. I'm like, oh, let me see my hair right. is okay. <laughs> can you see my wrinkles? And do I look like a cartoon character? Because there's an in-between. So my son says I use too much filter and I don't look real. And I'm like, well, that's better than looking old. Okay. I'll take <laughs> Great. I think you okay, you do too. Okay, you, you you do too. Look how beautiful. So hi, oh, Donna, right? <laughs> yep. How has your Wednesday been? Good. I got Good. to have lunch with a friend and that's always nice. How about yours? Um a a, a little bit crazy, but it was good. It was good. Thank you for reminding me we had a podcast. I did remember, then I forgot. Then I remembered again. <laughs> Then I forgot. Then I remembered. And I think that I was in the forgot phase, but I had just remembered it because I was out and I was like, oh, I need to get home. I have a podcast at 730. And then some somebody stopped me uptown. You know, when you live in a small town and everybody knows everybody. And right. Then you sent me that message. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to go. <laughs> okay. I was just looking for the the invite and I was like, oh, I didn't know what happened. Oh, so she's forgot. Yeah, that's <laughs> typical me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you do deliverance ministry. Give me kind of a a little can I know there's a huge explanation, but give me a condensed explanation like what is that? Okay. Uh deliverance ministry is based on the Bible where Jesus said to set the captives free, to cast out devils in his name. There are people in this world that are tormented. And just by what we were talking about, by different addictions and trauma and abuse that they've suffered in their life, they need help. They can't just break free. They can't just say, okay, well, I'm going to read my Bible and it's going to go away. That doesn't work for that. Otherwise, Jesus never would have said, cast out devils because they're there and they need to be cast out. So deliverance is a ministry where... Uh, the way I particularly, everybody does it a little bit different, but I search through a person's life with a fine tooth comb. I look for every stronghold. I look for every place where the enemy could have gotten hold of that person in any way, shape or form, any curses that are standing. And we go through that, an extensive history, life history, curse breaking, uh, inner healing, where I a lot of prayer and uh, concentration is done in the areas where people may have had deep soul wounds, um, such as like abandonment, rejection, uh, criticism from a parent, things like that, that can affect you into your adulthood. And we pray for healing for that area. And then when you strip down anything that the enemy has put in a person's life, if there is a demonic force there that is tormenting that person, it is exposed and we get rid of it. I cast it out in Jesus name. And that's basically deliverance in a nutshell. Now, how do you know it's exposed? You said then that if a demon is tormenting somebody, then after you strip that down, that's exposed. What, what are the signs? Like, how would you be able to like say, Hey, there's an exposed. Sometimes spirit. they just come up. Sometimes they just, they're so mad that you're stripping away everything they've been hiding behind. And then all of a sudden they start, they may, you may hear a different voice come out of the person and says, I'm not leaving. I've had her all her life. Yeah. And I mean, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
And so, or you could see physical, what we call manifestations, where sometimes when I'm praying for somebody, they may, their, their facial muscles begin to twitch. Um, they may complain about feeling like something's moving around and in the inside of their body. Um, they may feel like they're moving backwards through a tunnel. And, you know, all there's all different kinds of ways that uh, demons manifest. Um, sometimes they don't actually manifest. And I just ask the Lord to reveal it and to bring it up. And okay. if it's there, it'll come up. And do you find that, do do demons do you do they have names is that like a name or a title or or what they do i mean do you and do you call them by those names it's that's a really good question okay uh so jesus in the book of matthew i believe um when he was dealing with the man man of Gadara, and that particular demon said he said what is your name jesus actually asked that demon his name and he said my name is legion for we are many. So that tells us demons have names and it's it's attached to their purpose. Okay, so so there could be a spirit of anger, spirit of hate, rage, incest, um, perversion, loss. Um, some demons that are what we call came in through witchcraft, a lot of their names you can barely pronounce. They're not attached to an emotion or an action. They're just, it's kind of like a higher level of, of the demonic. And so, yeah, so it, it's still the same. It's still the same uh, process. Doesn't matter how they got in. Jesus gave the, us the authority to get rid of them. Do you find that the say, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, but you just said some are higher levels. Do the lower level ones skedaddle easier are they easier to tell get out and the higher ones hang on or is it kind of all the same yeah uh well a lot of times uh <laughs> trying to explain this so it's not too complex um <laughs> yeah i don't even know what it seems really i don't know what to ask so if i'm asking dumb no, questions let me know okay no, you're good i prayed before this so you're good yeah um there's a hierarchy of evil okay there's there's lower level devils, there's higher level, and we know that from the book of Daniel. There's a prince of the uh, the power of the air, Persia, is named um, where the I hope I'm quoting this correctly, but like the angel Gabriel came or Michael came to fight that particular demon. Now that's a territorial demon. We don't deal with that. That's not our calling. God's got His angels that deal with that. What we're called to do is minister to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And yes, Christians can have demons. And what you want to do is you, you look for basically the, the most obvious places where the demons can be. Like if the person says, well, I was abused. Okay, well, then you're going to look there. A lot of times there's other demons hiding behind that one that are more powerful. So, okay. you know, it's like one of those things, it's like you have a baseline of knowledge, but you're listening to the Holy Spirit through the whole thing. And every deliverance is very different and God will give you clues. And there's sometimes the Holy Spirit just tells me straight up who's there because I would never have figured it out. Right. Um, well, the Bible says he'll lead you in all truth, right? Amen. So, Amen. Um, so 
you we're talking about so demons can attach to even a christian a child of god through things that happened in your past that maybe were of no fault of your own if you were abused in some type of way or mistreated in some type of way and and so that's good to learn that but also can demons come through i always heard as a child now i've never done it because i've always been scared to do it because the old people in my life said that if you played with a Ouija board, then you'd be demon possessed. And that comes from, of course, I think the movie, The Exorcist or something, I don't know, but is that, so do you find that, is that actually accurate? Yeah, the the Ouija board is actually a witchcraft tool. Toys R Us and the, whoever produces it as a game, it's not a game. Real witches use a Ouija board to really? contact the devil. Yeah, it is an actual form of witchcraft. Uh, the devil's a legalist. He doesn't care if you're joking. He doesn't care if you're serious. He doesn't, if you do anything where you are literally step foot on his territory, then that gives him a legal right to attack you. So you have to expect the unexpected then. You said the mother brought the daughter in and then the mother manifested. So is there... Is that a lot of unexpected things that happen? Like, I bet you, there's some wild, so you have some wild times, right? Oh my God. <laughs> Is this expect time. the unexpected? Is that your, what your t-shirt says? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one of the funniest things that ever happened to us was this couple where the, this man contacted us. He said, my, from Kentucky, you know, we're in Tennessee. And he goes, I'm going to bring my mother-in-law down for deliverance and you know we're not going to tell her and i'm thinking um that's not really a great idea <laughs> so right. he they took her out to lunch put her, you know continued to drive south into tennessee and she's like crossing the state line she's like where are we going <laughs> and he's like you're going for deliverance and she's like oh okay and so they get there this couple right and so she's sitting there and the couple the husband and wife are the ones that manifested demons. The mother-in-law did not. It was hysterical. <laughs> that's so that's maybe funny. Maybe God used her to bring them down and they got some freedom. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, that's definitely thing. a good mother-in-law moment where she said, see, <laughs> I've been trying to tell you that they're the problem. <laughs> exactly. My it was goodness. classic. It was awesome. Uh, it was great. So you do this in, um, and how, how many years have you been doing this, Donna? Like a long time? Is this 22. 22. 22. And how did you get 22 years? And, and does it ever get old? Do you ever get tired of doing it? How did you get started even doing this? Like, how do you start doing that? Okay. Well, how did you find out all, about it? Essentially. <laughs> like when I was uh, born again at 28, I was born and raised Catholic, did not read the Bible, then was actually told it was a book of fables. And so when I got saved, when I uh, accepted Christ into my life, then I started to read the word and, and uh, I began to see that, oh, wow, there's something called demons and they're casting them out in the New Testament. And so when I went down to Haiti, when I was a brand new baby Christian with my husband, we were both new Christians. Uh, we went down to Haiti and we saw this little girl that was fully demon possessed. Um, so much so that she was throwing around seven of our guys from our team, three on each arm and one guy trying to hold down her shoulders. And she was little. She was only like 12 years old. She was tiny. 
And so we asked the mom, we're like, what happened? What, how did she get this way? And the mother said, oh, she was sick. So I brought her to the witch doctor. So she got well, but she got demonized from it. And so uh, we took her down the street to the church parking lot with the mom and we were praying for her and, and the, the pastor chose me out of the entire group of uh, people from our church to be basically in the front. And I was a new believer and all I knew back then was come out in the name of Jesus. And after about 40 minutes, it worked, it left and she was free. And so uh, that was my start. Of course, that will light a fire inside of you because you're like, you get to see the book of Acts literally happen before your eyes. I recommend everybody go to a mission field at least once in their Christian life um, just to see the power of God move more than we see in this country. And so I, uh, several years went by and I began to really search for my place and servanthood of in the body of Christ. And so uh, actually when we were living in Texas, I found Bob Larson's Talk Back Live. And he's a famous exorcist. He's written many books on the subject. And and so I would listen and I was so hungry because people would manifest on the radio show. And every day in the afternoon, I would listen to this show. I was like, this is awesome. And he cast them out right there in the radio. And so eventually several years passed and he put together these teams and I started the team in Nashville and I actually was mentored and trained by him. And I traveled around to several countries and was just, you know, basically learned how to do it, how to minister to the hurting and the lost and the broken. And I'm honored uh, that God's been using me all these years. That's an, that's an amazing testimony and talk about, being a baby Christian and being in Haiti and casting a demon out of somebody that's literally getting thrown right into the fire. Isn't it? What a... <laughs> and you know, it's funny because it was our first missions trip and I just, right. we weren't even at this church. We were, I mean, baby, baby Christians. And they're like, Oh, we're going to Haiti. Anyone want to go sign up? And so I told my husband, and I were newlyweds back then. I'm like, Oh, we're going to go to Haiti. And he's like, Oh, Okay. And he actually, he's a worship leader and he led worship. It was very cool. Um, just, we saw so many miracles. We didn't, it wasn't just about demons. We saw blind eyes open. We saw a little baby that was born with this horrible eye infection. The parents carried this child to us and they're like, please pray for my child. There were no hospitals in Haiti. That, that It's faith. It's like either they're believing in the witch doctor or they're believing the pastor. And so uh, we just continued to pray for this baby. And it was like they had golf balls over their eyes of infection. And we prayed and prayed. And about an hour and a half later, it completely went away. And that child opened their eyes for the first time in their life. We saw uh, a deaf and dumb little girl get healed. She uh, was uh, brought to me when I was standing up. It was We would do crusades at night. And uh, so I just, I felt the power of God just come on me. And it's just like this compassion, like devil, you are not going to steal this little, beautiful little girl's life, her hearing. And, and I just prayed for her. I felt the power of God. She started hearing, talking, handed her back to her parents. Next, I mean, it was just like God was just moving. The power of God was just coming down. 
we saw uh, this little boy. He was uh, completely paralyzed. He walked. His legs and his arms loosened up, and he walked. So yeah, we were we were blessed to see what we saw back then. That was your first mission trip. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I mean, that would like kind of light a fire under you. I mean, that's those are that's incredible. Do you find that a lot of more like more supernatural things happen in other countries than happen in America? Yes, because they don't have access to as much as we have in this country. So a lot of people, it's easier. Now I'm not against going to doctors or medicine or anything like that. But when you're in a third world country, they have nothing but God. And so it forces them to use their faith and to believe God to see that happen. And it does. That's right. I've often wondered, I've heard people say that there's more miracles in third world countries and that, and there's more salvation. Like if they have crusades and revivals, sometimes thousands and thousands would come to Christ and you come to, you know, if you do a revival in the States, you know, you're lucky if 10 people get saved. And I've often wondered why that is, you know, maybe because we have so much and we're kind of racing it and take it for granted. I don't, I don't have the answer, but I've, I wonder about it. I think you're right. Yeah. So how would, um, how would a person know if they needed deliverance, if they were being, now there's a difference between being, is there, I, I'm, let me ask, let me rephrase that. Is there a difference between being, I'm tormented by demon or I'm demon possessed? Like, you know, how would, to, and, and if there is a difference, what is the difference? And how would you know, like, if you had, if you needed deliverance? Okay. What I tell people is don't get hung up on where the demon is. Now, obviously, Jesus said, cast it out. So if it, it's got to come out, that means it was in. But some, so many people get so hung up on that and scared and frightened. I'm like, you know what? I don't care if it's behind you, on your head, under your feet, in your armpit. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's get rid of it. And they're like, right. yeah, okay. You know, that just kind of uh, just takes away that fear. Um, Now, most people are just what we would say oppressed, where the enemy has gotten in, maybe afflicts their, uh, in the soulish realm, their mind, their will, their emotions, their physical body. It's not, demons are not actually in their spirit, right? So there is a way for that to happen, but people act, that's like a really high level of witchcraft. And so we never deal with that. Um, most people just, most people are just innocent victims. Some made some bad decisions and got in and the wrong people and did some bad things. Uh, but most people, they know they need help. It's, it's pretty clear and evident. Okay. Okay. So, so they, they just kind of know like there's something that's out of my control or something that I can't fix. And I kind of need some some help. Now, Christians, maybe a Christian might know that, but what about a non-believer? Would they know? And, and do you have non-believers that come to you and how does that work? Okay. I've had a few try, but I absolutely would not cast a demon out of an unbeliever because it's the authority of Jesus Christ that gives us the authority to cast them out and to keep them out. Now say somebody who's another religion, like a you know, some, I'm not going to name a specific religion, but 
other than Christianity comes to me and says, I think I have a demon. And other religions do recognize that. I, I will try my best to bring them to Christ first. Because if I cast somebody, a demon out of somebody who's a non-believer, that demon will be right back almost instantaneously with seven more. Because it says that in Matthew chapter 12. It's hard question time. They're just coming to me. So then I have these Christians um, that that do believe in Jesus and they have accepted Jesus and their attitude is, um, well, the Bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. And so they say, well, I've done that. So I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to pray. I don't need to go to church. Drinking is okay. And smoking pot is okay. And smoking cigarettes is okay. And using foul language is okay. And adultery is okay. And any, anything I want to do is okay because I've done these two things, believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. So that way I'm saved. And so Jesus didn't come so that I would have to be legalistic. Jesus came to bring me freedom. Now I get to hear that because I'm surrounded by musicians and Southern musicians and everybody in the South, it's the Bible belt. And we're all Christians. Most people, it's really hard to find somebody in the South that will deny Christ. Most people will not. Now it's not hard other places, but in the South, that's very common. Everybody loves Jesus, but not everybody is walking what is a narrow path. What do you think? I mean, just, just what do you think about that? Because I, I think some things too, and if you're not comfortable answering it, you don't have to, but I can, I love it. Bring it. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely love the word of God. So this is great. This, this is a wonderful challenge okay. for me. Okay. So there is no such thing as a fire insurance prayer and that's what they're doing. And it's a lie okay. because I'll tell you why it's a lie. When they confess Jesus as their Lord and savior, that actually means something. If somebody is your Lord, you obey them. If they're not obeying, he's not Lord. And if he's not Lord, he's not their savior. It's the truth. And and a lot of people are going to be really sadly astounded if they pass through this life and they think that they, that Jesus is a license to sin. And it's not, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And we're to become his disciples. Go ye and make disciples of all men. The word disciple means somebody, one who has been taught. So if you've been taught about God, you could teach someone else. So it's not, that's that's a false uh, doctrine that all people have to do is say that because it's a lie. If yeah, they're, I- he's not their Lord. I think, yeah, that's my, that's actually what I think too. And I, you know, I tread lightly sometimes I don't, but the other day I had a girl send me a, a video and want to be on the podcast and she was with two other musicians and they were passing a joint and they seemed half drunk. Their speech was slurred and they were singing some Christian songs. And she said, we're going to tell people about Jesus in a way they've never been told before. Now, this is not on the podcast. It was just a video she sent me and said, I'd like to be a guest. And I, you know, I didn't respond. I just thought, wow, look at, I mean, even at the bottom line, the bottom line, what kind of witness is that? What kind of witness are you? Like, what kind of life are you living there? 
the Bible, you know, not that, so grace is not a license to sin. And that's what you're saying too, but there is grace and his grace is yeah. sufficient. And it doesn't mean that we are perfect. Doesn't mean that you may never, after you get saved, them not saying you would never get drunk again. I'm saying that you wouldn't do it on a daily basis and try to pretend like it's okay. I'm not saying you wouldn't slip into a sin of some kind because there's grace and we're human. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what that's for. Um, but not as a license to sin. And I think, and I, one of the scariest scriptures, I think, um, well, there's a couple of them that are so heavy. Let's not say scary. Let's say heavy and very real. And people don't want to preach on those straight is the way and narrow is the gate. And few are those that find it. Wide is the path that leads to destruction and many enter therein. So you have few, you have many God specifically used those words on purpose. And another one is the, you know, Lord, Lord, in your name, we cast out demons in your name. We heal the sick. And he said, depart mm -hmm. from me, you workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. And I think, okay. man, I've never cast a demon and I've never healed a sick and I've never raised a dead yet. Yes. These people had done all of that. Right. right. And still right. didn't get, and still God said, I don't know you. And so what is a, what is the hope then? Like, we'll just use me as an example, since I'm sitting right here, I've never done any of these three things. And these men, the parable, they stand before God and he still says, depart from me. What hope do I have then? I am not even a strong enough Christian to do the works that these men in this parable were doing. So what is my hope? And then what is my reassurance? Okay. So the key in that phrase is us not to look at the works that they did, but to look at the, what, when Jesus said, you worker of iniquity yeah. and I, depart from me, I never knew you. So that's where you look. It's like, does everybody have a deliverance ministry? No, I'm called. I'm anointed. This is just my hat. You know, this is what I do in the kingdom right. of God. You got a demon, come see me. I'll help you out. And, right. and no credit to me. That's just what God's given me to do. Right. Um, so don't focus on that because you never know when, you know, how God's using you. God's using you in this podcast. You are literally preaching the gospel and you are allowing the message of the, the cross to go forth. So you are actually in a ministry right now. Now people, because I've studied that verse and I've prayed it over it and I was like, Depart from me, I never knew you. Jesus said, "What whatsoever you do to the least of these, that you've done to me. Did you feed the poor? Did you give um, when someone was in need? Did you visit the sick? Did you visit a prisoner? Um, what you do to the least of mankind, we actually do to Jesus. And that's how he knows us. It's because we believe the word of God and we act on it. So faith without works is dead. So we believe if the Bible is truth to you and you know, you've been saved, it's like you want as many people as you can, you know, to get into the boat. You know, let's get, you know, everybody in to God's kingdom that ends approaching yeah. really fast. So right. your assurance is one, you're in the ministry. Um, I'm, not everybody casts out demons, you know, not everybody raises right. the dead, things like that, right. but it's just how you live your life. Do you live it for Christ? Do you live it in a godly way um, where you are 
helping people. The Bible says to avoid the appearance of evil. If you're smoking pot in front of somebody, can you go or another drug? You know, just pick, pick any drug. Um, if somebody's suffering with an addiction to substance abuse, are you blessing them or are you cursing them? You're right. going to send them further into darkness. So to right. me, that's like wolf behavior. It's like, you got to question yourself. If you think it's okay to do that in the name of Jesus, you need yeah. to take a step back and really yeah. examine your heart. Absolutely. And, and I, I feel led to tell this story. Maybe somebody needs to hear it along the same lines of we're talking about grace is not a license to sin. And just because you do drugs doesn't mean that God's going to instantly send you to hell. Maybe that's your struggle, but to do them in front of people and act like I'm not doing anything wrong. And I'll give you an example. I knew this young man, his name was Jason music and he struggled with addiction, heroin, I think it was heroin. And he came to know Christ and he got saved and he got baptized the same day that I got as an adult. I was baptized as a child. Didn't take, I always tell people didn't take how to redo it. And first time didn't take, but he got baptized the same night as me. And Jason was precious. He knew he had a problem. He was humble. He was broken and he was very penitent about it. And, uh, he was honest, you know, and he had the track marks on his arm and he just was not he wasn't prideful. He was humble. And he was really trying his best in the church that he got saved and baptized in ran a halfway house. They had one next door. Like, I don't want to call it a halfway house, but it was a place for people that struggled to go and live and be ministered to and kind of be in a different environment while they were in recovery. And he had broken up with his ex-girlfriend. And so sometime within, after this salvation, she wanted to talked to him and she came and picked him up and went out and he, she somehow talked him into doing heroin one more time, but because he had been clean for several weeks, you know, you can't do the same amount because your body's already starting to come off that. And he overdosed and died that night. Do I think Jason is in heaven? 100% think he's in heaven. I don't think that final overdose, I don't think God would send him to hell for that because that was that's where grace comes in, you see, because that was just a mistake. That was just, I fell into this and I was weak and that's a problem that I had. But Jason did not run around shooting up and yelling, Jesus loves me anyway. He just didn't do that. Do you see what exactly. I mean? Absolutely. Right. right. Wow. And so maybe, yeah, I, you know, people don't, maybe somebody needed to hear that, that if you you slip in that, that one more time, you know, there's grace for you. There is Amen. forgiveness and there's forgiveness for yeah. you. You know, as David said, his mercies are new every morning, but Amen. because the mercies are new every morning, get up and try again. Don't just waller in it and stay there. Get up and say, man, I messed up yesterday, but that was yesterday. His mercy is new today. And I don't understand how he could forgive me and how he could still love me, but I believe that he does. And I yeah. trust that he does. And that is the faith that, that we have, you know, to think, well, he, he loves me in spite of myself. Right. Amen. Absolutely. And right. get to a deliverance ministry because a lot of addictions are rooted in a deep wound that happened and you need healing. And when people yeah. get healed, they don't need that drug anymore. Yes, I believe that. And 100%. And I wish that, and I didn't know that at the time that's been 15 years ago, seven, wow. maybe 17 years ago. And I wish I had known that to be able to help Jason at that time. But anyway, um, how would you, 
so say a person comes, they have, they figure out, or they know, Hey, I have this demon and, and I need deliverance. And we come to you and we do deliverance. And then after, is there, is there like a, uh, a, a program that you have to be on to stay free, to stay clean? Are these demons going to come back and torture this person again? Is that, is that something that happens? Okay. Uh, most deliverance sessions, like we, we, it's kind of like peeling an onion. Sometimes it comes okay. off in stages, depending on how long the person was tormented. Okay, let's take somebody who was satanically ritually abused. Let's just go, you know, to the worst of the worst. Are they going to get free in one night? No. We're dealing with multiple personalities. We're dealing with different uh, rituals that were done to them. You know, so I worked with one young lady for three years on and off, um, getting her free. Yeah. And so, you know, then you've got somebody who just needed one session and they're really strong in the, the wor word. They know who they are in Christ. They just kind of needed that last uh, piece of the puzzle to kind of figure out what happened in their life. They forgive, they get free and they go on. So every case is very different. Um, I always recommend that people at least do two or three follow-up sessions with me Let's make sure that we got everything. Um, and as far as like follow-up uh, care activity, I really strongly advise, one, they find a good church. That's so important. They have to have a steady intake of the word of God. Spending time in the revival every single day of their life from here on out. Um, just you know, staying, uh, doing physical things. If somebody's addiction to, addicted to pornography, they have to put a filter on all their devices. It's kind of like, you know, telling an alcoholic former, you know, no, you can't go in the bar anymore. So, right, so right. there are physical things you do. There's spiritual things you do. Um, and also worship. Um, and I always tell people, if you really want to solidify your deliverance, go out and help somebody. Like I used to actually give out homework assignments. I okay. would make people go to the soup kitchen for a month and serve food, yeah. then come back. And it sounds really harsh, but it was what they needed. And it was God inspired and these people got free and they loved it. And right. so, you know, it's just, you start to walk out who you are as a believer and let the Holy Spirit begin to operate through you and it will change your life. So those are the things I recommend for people. Now, are there, you were talking about, of course, demons of addiction with alcohol and, and drugs and pornography and these great big things that some people deal with and, and there's freedom for these people. But let's talk about maybe on the lower end. What about something that has say a food addiction? Is that still an addiction? And is that still, does that person need deliverance? You know, Sometimes. that seemingly it's just food, you know? It, not all addictions are have a demon behind it. Not all of them are. Sometimes it's just their flesh is weak. You know, I really okay. like chocolate. You know, and <laughs> if I just let my flesh go crazy, then, you right. know, it's not going to be pretty. Let's just say that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right. But Because I'm thinking, wow, I'm, I'm not addicted to drugs, but I am addicted to, you know, carbs. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so not. Some of that's just our flesh and some of that is just really, um, put, you know, filling ourselves up with the word of God, you know, 
putting some restraint on ourselves fixes the problem. So right. Right. So, and that's, I always say like of all the fruits of the spirit, that self-control. Now everybody has a different one. Some people breeze through self-control, but they don't have very much patience, you know, and I'm really super patient, but self-control, that's the one I struggle with, you know, and and I had an, an author on that wrote a book. His name was Tony Bland. And he gave me a different perspective and said, well, you shouldn't struggle at all because it's not for you to do. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And he can already do it. And you just need to allow him to do it. And I loved that in theory. Like, okay, so it's not for me to do. Those are not the fruits of the Spirit. That's, that's the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And he already operates in all of those fruits because he's perfect. So in theory, I liked that he said that, but in practice, I still struggle with self-control. And so then I didn't know how to translate that into my everyday life. Like, okay, he said, you just need to step back and let, he already operates in those, those fruits. It's not for you to do. You just step back and let him do it. I don't understand that in practice. Help me understand okay. that in practice. So, <laughs> I step back and let him do that. Okay. So we know that it's there. And we know that the word of God has everything we need. What I recommend in that situation is for somebody to get some index cards, find all of the scriptures in the entire Bible that have to do with self-control and begin to meditate and feed on those specific scriptures. And as you do that and you renew your mind, all of a sudden those cravings or desires are going to begin to diminish. And it's because of the word. So if you just... You go, okay, yeah, I mentally ascend to that truth. I agree with it, but you don't put something in the system to change you from within. It doesn't get changed. And then uh, it kind of like defeat gets in and you get frustrated. Well, and then you get a little confused thinking, okay, I mean, I, I get that it's true, but it's not really working. What am I doing? You know, and it's a little that's a great idea and a great suggestion. And I'll tell you what, and I, I might do that with self-control because I had done that. I've done that in my life previous times. I've never, I don't know why I didn't think about doing that with self-control, but if I was struggling with something, I would write sometimes if I'm just struggling with my faith, or maybe I'm just struggling in life or nothing seems to be going my way, or it's just a, a hard time or a valley, I would just take index cards and write Bible scriptures on them, beautiful Bible scriptures, whatever was relevant, whatever God led me to. And I would post them all over my house, places that I would see all the time, front of my refrigerator, front of my cabinet, bathroom mirror, front door, closet doors. <laughs> and you wouldn't believe the people that have been blessed because if you do it, then you just forget that they're there. And then you have somebody come work on your hot water heater. And then there's Bible in index cards with scriptures written all over your house and you're used to it. So you don't think about it. And, and these, but I got so many comments, like, you know, the man that came to fix my hot water heater, for example, actually, I didn't, I forgot that there was a index card with a scripture going to that basement right there. Mm -hmm. And he went down there and fixed the hot water heater. And then said to me afterwards, he said, Hey, I just want to say, you know, I've really been struggling with something and that scripture was what I needed. Wow. I needed to see that. And he was in my kitchen weeping. He said, I can't believe that I walked in this house to fix this hot water heater. And there that scripture was right there on that door. He said, How God powerful. had you put that there. Yeah. He said, no, I believe no, no, God no. had you put that there for me. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, awesome. yeah, it it's really the word of God is, is powerful. It's alive and active. I love that scripture alive and active. We talk about 
um, you know, bacteria and yogurt. When you buy yogurt, you want to buy the bacteria that has live and active cultures because those are the ones that benefit your body. And so those are the two words, live and active cultures, but those are the two specific words that that scripture uses. The word of God is alive and active, sharper Amen. than a two-edged sword, right? Able to awesome. cut, able to split bone from marrow. I mean, that's pretty... So how back to the ministry, we keep rabbit. I'm a rabbit trailer. Okay. I like rabbits and I just <laughs> chase them I'll everywhere. I'll just two rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Distracted. I know. Like they tell me, they tell me I have adult ADD and there's medicine for it. I say, I know, but I completely enjoy it. I know I, I have know. adult ADD. I just revel in it though. Like it's who I am. <laughs> That's awesome. So does this cost though, so say somebody needed some deliverance ministry and they could call you and we'll put all your information that you want on the, in the description of the podcast. How much uh -huh. does this cost to do? I do not charge. I, I personally have a conviction that Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. I do accept donations as people are led. And even people say, well, what's your suggested donation? I'll say, I don't have one. Ask God. Ask the Lord what he would have you to give. Right. And I've done this that whole, the whole time. And okay. I just do not believe that we should pay for something that's already been paid for. There you go. Thank you. And that's amazing. So, uh, that nothing is free anymore in life. And, and so I kind of wanted people to know, like, what if you were watching and you didn't know, and you're thinking, well, I need deliverance, but I don't know if I can afford it. So if somebody is, is just completely broke, then that's fine. Right. They can still deliverance okay. is still for them. Yeah. I minister right. to somebody that's homeless. Um, I had one lady, she gave me a book, you know, that's all she had. And right. I was so blessed by it. And I, it, I don't, I didn't even bring it up. And right. usually people will say, oh, um, I would like to bless your ministry. I'm like, great. <laughs> right. we're, we're happy to take donations, but I right. will not require money. Freely you have received, freely give. So I love mm -hmm. that. I love that. And God will and does, you know, take care of all of us. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, right? Or their so. seed begging bread. Right. I love that. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you, Donna. Do you want to leave us with, I appreciate you coming on so much. It's a little different than what we normally do, but I really, I am so blown away really by this whole, this is new thing to me, deliverance ministry, you know, and learning about it. And I, you said, is there like YouTube videos that you can watch of people getting? Yeah, there's uh not of me. I don't put things up on, on YouTube. God's not do told you me think to do that. But do you think it's okay thing. that people do? Yeah, I do. Okay? Um, I think it's it's getting the message out. Uh, a couple of people I would recommend is Bob Larson, of course, the one who trained me. Um, his are somewhat condensed, so don't get the feel that you know you're gonna get free in 20 minutes, <laughs> the length of a YouTube video. Um, so um, you may even see me on some of his videos, the older ones. Mm -hmm. I would be in helping him uh, up front. Uh, Isaiah Salvador, I, I really, um, I appreciate his ministry. Actually, I'm on his map 
Um, he put together an interactive map of the United States so people could find min ministries. And a lot of people have come to me okay. because of that map. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, but those those two are, are so far really solid, uh, good places to watch and learn. And also Bob Larson, Bob, if you go to boblarson.org, he's got a virtual library uh, training center. And so there's no end <laughs> to your teaching okay. materials. So that's really good. Because there might be, we haven't considered, I haven't considered that there might be another group of people watching this podcast. And that is people who are also interested in doing this and maybe feel that God is calling them into this ministry. So that Bob Larson library is a really good place to start. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that can be done over the phone. Um, or do you prefer people? Sorry, I got dog hair flying around. <laughs> I think I rewatch these podcasts and I'll see myself do this number. And I think people think I'm crazy. I'm reaching it. Spirits. It's dog hair. You have a cat sitting over there. It's like cat hair right. going by. Every um, once in a while, one just. <laughs> funny. Um, where were um, we? I forgot so, okay, let me read you this question and we'll just edit that out. So. Thank God for editing, huh? Yeah. So, um, doing it like I do a lot of ministry on Zoom now. Okay. Believe it or not, you could get free. And also, I can, um, we do have a church here in Lebanon, Tennessee that our pastor lets us use for, uh, face to face. And sometimes it's appropriate. And a lot of times I start off on Zoom and then do the initial work and then end up face to face. So it just all depends. Is it, is it better? Is it better face-to-face -face or works just as good on Zoom or it just depends on every situation is different or? I think some people are a little freaked out. They're like, Zoom, can this really work on Zoom? But once they see, hey, I don't have to leave my house. I'm like, you know, if we can <laughs> right. work through the history, the curse breaking. You don't need to be face-to-face -face for that. Now, sometimes for a demon to manifest, if they get a little wild, it's really good to you know, be face to face and deal with to have somebody there. So what if, what if a person doesn't ever get free and they're just tormented by demons? Is that, will that keep somebody out of heaven? Never, never, never. Just because if that person is truly a follower of Jesus Christ, so when they die, their spirit will go straight into the Lord's presence and those demons will go wherever the Lord sends them, maybe back to the pit. Um, hopefully, um, but that's, yeah, that will not keep a person out. Um, and really the only way a person stays and remains demonized is they're not letting go of their sin or there's unbelief or unforgiveness. Really, if they deal with those, they're going to get free. Absolutely. Okay. okay. And so this is more about living an abundant life. Yes, then, absolutely. And a life of freedom. Okay. So tell us, um, so you have a ministry located in Tennessee. Tell us, does it have a name or is it just you? Do you, Does your ministry have a name? It's called Freedom Keepers Ministry. Huh. And if somebody's interested in receiving ministry, they could go online, freedom, freedomkeepers.net, and fill out the application for ministry. And it's uh, completely confidential. It just... It's an email that I look at and then I contact them with an appointment time and we kind of go from there. Okay. Now, do you, and I, just for people to know, so they don't feel left out, is that what's your turnaround? Is it like if, if somebody, 
emails you? Are they going to be contacted immediately or sometimes does it take you a few days? So um, people I don't give do. up, don't um, give up hope if, if you don't hear immediately. No, I usually I'm, I'm getting better. Um, I usually try to respond. I check my email obviously several times a day, you know, they'll get a uh, response and I will let them know how it works within a day or two, usually at the most. Um, okay. If people call, it may take a day or, you know, two or three days for sometimes for me to follow up on a phone call. But yeah, if it comes through my email, it's right away. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So yeah. All right. Well, that sounds fantastic. And you go have a good night. I understand that you have mm -hmm. a farm with some animals. Yes. Animals. <laughs> we got I horses, goats, chickens, sheep. It's so... <laughs> Tell me, what's your most creative name? What do you name? Give me a name of some of your animals. Are you naming these people names? Are you naming them Bible names? Are you naming them what? Earth names? Um, what are we doing for names? Well, actually, my, my newest horse, which I'm very excited about, he's a, a halflinger, uh, gelding pony. And <clears throat> it was really important to me to pick the right name for him because I had been thrown uh, several years ago and it broke my back. So there were several years there where I did not ride. Yeah, you could tell I'm a true horse lover because I went and bought another horse. I would <laughs> never so, get on another so horse. I prayed and I was like, Lord, this is a new beginning. This is like a new era for me. This is going to be because I love horses. And so the name Renaissance uh, came to me and it means new beginning. So that's his name. So that's a great name. Renaissance. It really great so well too. <laughs> so we used to have a well, horse named Rasputin. Imagine that. Oh, really? And he was mean. And he was mean. And he would bite you every time your back was turned to him. Well, <laughs> you shouldn't have named him. I don't know if he turned mean because his name was Rasputin. He was living up to his reputation, or if that's why my my family, my grandfather named him. Maybe he was mean to start with, and that's how he got the name. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. So. so. Okay, well, thank you so much, Donna, and you have a wonderful evening. Right. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank okay. you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye.